0: All right. Now, I know I tricked you guys because uh, with the temperature in the sanctuary here tonight, you thought for sure we were talking about hell and God's wrath, right? That's the old preacher's trick. You crank up the thermostat. But no, that's not what we're on. We are on chapter 6, page 63, and if you can read there, and uh, we are on the topic of sanctification. How many you guys remember that ketchup commercial? Sanctification. Yeah, whatever. So I just tried to ask somebody if they I asked one of the youth if they knew who the Brady Bunch was and I almost cried when they said no. So let's just move on to modern reality. Uh, sanctification, as what our topic is, and what we saw before, if you recall, in Discipleship 101, when we dealt with this uh, uh, topic, was well, sanctification. If you will, it's a, it's a great Christianese phrase. Let's translate it, shall we? Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, and that is basically the process of maturity. Now we're going to see technically sanctification. It's a word that literally means to set apart. Okay, and we're actually going to see that biblically, sanctification being set apart is going to happen uh, three different ways and the middle way is what we've been we talked about last time is the process of maturity. Now, let's add a little bit to this process of maturity because that's a good Christian thing to do. We need to grow up to be mature Christians, right? Right? It's exciting. How many of you guys are excited that the more mature you get that things change? And then there day comes that you and your teeth don't sleep together anymore. You, you take a bite in your steak and your teeth stay there in the steak and, you know, it's just stuff like that. It's going to happen, but I've shared this before, but I, the ultimate thing that's a sign you're getting mature is when you bend over to pull up the wrinkles in the socks and you ain't wearing socks, you know what I'm saying? But uh, we've been there. That's not what we're talking about. That is, that is getting mature, but the maturity we're talking about, let's add to it tonight, is it's holy. Why? Because God is Holy. And how do I know that you're a mature Christian? It is an age. It has nothing to do with time. Because you could be saved for 40 years and still be in spiritual diapers. Well, what qualifies that? It's holiness. Why? Because we're supposed to mature. We're supposed to grow up to be like our dad. Who? God. And he is holy. He is holy. He is holy. Demonstrate your holiness. Demonstrate your maturity by your holy life. Okay? Sanctification. Are, Are you holy? Is the question. Are you holier than thou? Uh, uh, were you at the point of putting your faith in the Christ? Now, think of that. Are you holier now than at the point you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Hopefully, as the nervous head, if you go like this, you get yes and no all at once. It's a little trick I've learned in the pew, pew world, 101. Okay, but uh, hopefully, now if you're not, what did that just tell you? You could say, I've been saved for 9,322 years. I've been a deacon since I was two. Okay, and spend has been yeah, do the math. Okay, but uh, uh, that doesn't impress me. What impresses me, how do I know you're mature? I have met Christians who are one year old in the Lord more mature than Christians who are saved for 20 years. Why? Because it's this is what we miss. Maturity isn't just a time frame. Maturity is a lifestyle and that's defined by this, holy. Are you more holy now in your practical way of life? than when you first got saved and if you're not you're not mature Ooh, that's a stinger but that's what we're talking about the importance of sanctification okay and that's what peter exhorts us he says as obedient children do not be conformed to the former lusts okay and we saw there to add a little bit of sting to that lust it, it literally means i think it's epithumia in the greek it means violent passion oh. okay, and it's great to be passionate it's just you need to be passionate about the right thing Okay? And if you want to be that mature Christian, then you need to become violently passionate, not towards sin, but the opposite of sin, holiness. You need to just get, I mean, just, I mean, think about it when we sin, when, when we get the, when something uh, we start to lust after, when something that gets the better of us and starts to draw us down into that sin. I mean, think about your emotional state that's going on at that point. Think about what's going through your brain and how it's just stuck on your brain and you can't get it off your brain and it's just pulling you in and sucking you in. Translate that until I just can't get this off my mind. I've got to be holy. Be ye holy as God is holy. I've got to do what it takes to grow up mature. Wouldn't that be awesome if that was our passion? And that's what Peter says. Get rid of the opposite of that. Don't, don't, don't go back. Get rid of the former the key word there. Get rid of the former lusts which were yours in ignorance, but like the Holy One, who's that? God. Like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in your want. behavior your life okay why because it's written you shall be holy for i am holy now if you notice that phrase in the scripture that appears quite often it says it is written okay i got a little crone theory i think i know a little bit of why that's kind of in there for emphasis he could have just quoted it but he says it is written so in other words, Peter, even though we know he's under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and what he is writing has been inspired of God to be the Holy Word of God, he still says this, and here's what I'm saying. But oh, by the way, God said this. Because that's what we're translating. It is written. What's he, it is, God said this. You want to listen to me? L- let me reinforce this. God said this. It is written. It is written. Right, And there's something about being confronted with the word of God that really helps put our lives into check, isn't it? Have you ever been that? Have you ever been? And see, what we do is we play with the little game. We act like it's, well, that's just your opinion. right? If, you, if you're working with somebody, counseling with somebody, uh, sharing the gospel with somebody, any chance you get, we've talked about this before, okay? If you get a chance, have them actually, don't just, I'm not, please don't misunderstand me. Please quote scripture. Please memorize scripture. Please know the Bible, But if you ever get a chance, have them read what it is written. There's something about reading this with your own eyeballs that really brings it home, right? That's, again, the importance of being in here. We're not there yet in the process of sanctification. So he says, you need to be holy for I am holy. God said it. Now, the Greek word he says there translated holy is what? We've heard this many times before. I've quoted this so many times. It's what? Hagios, right? He's talking about those pork potlucks that we're having. No, it's wrong, uh, Haggaios uh, means to uh, separate, okay? means to separate, to be marked off, okay, or to be holy, right? And we saw before that this was a word that was used of the temple uh, vessels, okay? And they were just common earthenware. Sounds like something Paul wrote once. Common earthenware, okay? And he says, but, um, and so it wasn't the, the vessels themselves that were so, made them so special. It was what? Those common earthenware were set apart, consecrated for the things and the purposes of God. That's what made them so special. That's why, yeah, whoa, no, this, is, this thing is 100% set aside for libation, for the offerings. This thing is 100% aside that the priests washed their hands. This thing is 100%, you see what I'm saying? It was just a vessel, but what made it holy, what made it special, was it was sanctified. It was set apart. That's what the Bible says we are and have been made in christ and we have to understand that because we're going to have those days when have you guys learned this yet you're not going to look and you're not going to act so special but this is what we're talking about we'll get to it maybe positional sanctification that's who we are we're special because god's made us special because in christ he set us apart for him now we're going to see that's going to last forever but we're also going to see that you can enjoy that even more so here on earth in this process of maturity, okay, being set apart. And that's the challenge we saw before. We're all set apart for something. Today, you set yourself, I set myself apart for something. Did you realize that? The question is, what did you set yourself apart to? All about you, I set this day for me. I set this day about the world. I set this day about sin. I set, was God anywhere in the equation? What did you set yourself apart for? Positionally, it's already done. Praise God. That's why we're fully acceptable, complete, blameless, and spotless in God's eyes right now. And we'll be forever. But practically speaking, what have we set ourselves apart for? The word indicates the display of the character of God whose perfect attributes cause him to be separated from his creation. We saw that before with the analogy. There's just, we even know this in like a, a biology. There's certain germs that when they're confronted with the light of the sun... Just disintegrate and if we will to give you a visual that's like God who is holy he is holy and sin comes in his presence it ain't working it ain't happening they're gonna get nuked and we talked about this before when people can uh, confront uh, the actual holiness of God the actual holy presence of God they freak out and flip out <sighs> right and that's what he's talking about here he says it indicates that God is separated from his creation he's separated he's not like this creation now this creation was originally created perfect right but sin unholiness entered into this realm and there it is that separation. in the same way though listen to this we have as christians been separated from what underline those three words from the world do you get it now listen to that that's what that's so cool how do i know that mature this is your attitude when you get up every single day i am set apart because you can christianize this i am set apart for the purposes of god well proof's in the pudding prove it to me how do you know well you got this attitude just like God is separated from this world, he just, the germs, can't even be in his presence. Is that our attitude with the world? oh, no, I can't even go there. I can't, no, that's sin. I can't, no, that's not like God. That's, that's Bugs Bunny, by the way. Okay, that's good theology there. Are we lackadaisical about it? What's our attitude to it? we are set apart from this world we can't play with it and made holy by the application of the blood of jesus christ at the point of salvation this is our position before god as sons but we are called on to day by day to become more holy in our what behavior this is what christian maturity is all about okay in second peter 1, 5, 8, peter makes a list of virtues that should be continually increasing in the maturing christian in fact let's read those virtues turn there please to uh, Peter, there, Second uh, Peter chapter one. If you find Fourth Peter, what do you do? New Bible, that's right, son. That's the Barney version with the purple cover. Second Peter chapter one, verses. Do you guys even know who Barney is? Throw me a bone. Praise God. All right, we're closing that generation gap. All right. And isn't that sad? Those of us mature Christians who know who the Brady Bunch is. No, hey, no. I'm not kidding. I'm not saying this to be super spiritual. I put my foot down on that cartoon. And I'm sorry. Other parents, I've heard horror stories of Barney. I've seen him getting glassed over. Look, oh, Barney, I love you. And is that like, no, we're not going there, okay? I got stuck with the SpongeBob. I got stuck with all the other ones. But Barney, uh-uh. So anyway, so I've digressed enough. Second Peter chapter 1. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, verses 5 through 8, okay? Here's what Paul says, or Peter says. Okay, now first of all, let's back up and get the context. Verse 3, his divine power, God's divine power, has given us everything we need for life and what? Godliness. We're going to see later in sanctification. Well, I can't do it, Pastor Billy. Really, I want to set myself apart, but I just keep going back in there. I'm not treating the world as like z- 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 sin and the, the germs and light of the sun. And I, Well, hey, learn to walk and live in the Spirit. He's given you everything you need. He didn't just say, you know, I separate you for me. He's even given us the ability to do it. It's awesome. He's left nothing behind. And that's why he says, I've given you everything you need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us uh, by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he's given us the very great and precious promises so that through him you may participate in the divine nature and escape the what? Corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Now, that's the context. For this very reason, he's done all that for us. Make every effort to add to your faith. Now, what, what do you mean add to your faith? What's he talking about? He's talking about this process of maturity, all right? He's talking about this is, let, let's break down this holiness factor, all right? Let's just keep breaking it down tonight. I'm a sanctified Christian. What's that mean? Well, it means you're a mature Christian. Well, how do you, what does that look like? Well, that means that your behavior's holy. whoa, whoa, whoa what's holy behavior look like? That's what he's talking about here. That's what he's starting to break down for you. Add to these to uh, make every effort to add to your faith goodness goodness how do you know that you're a sanctified set apart christian growing mature goodness is oozing out of you right he says now don't stop there because it's a process keep going and to goodness what do you add knowledge and to knowledge what you start to have self-control and to self-control what perseverance right you keep on going no matter what and to persevere you add what godliness and to godliness keep on going you mean i have to love that person sitting in the pew we talked about it before. Some of the, some of the things that, that the, the early church overtook the Roman Empire. The biggest, strongest entity on the planet at the time. How? They were able to give a defense for their faith. Brilliant apologists. Okay. okay. Uh, two, the way that they faced death and going to the grave singing songs unto Jesus not afraid the spirit of God gave him the ability and you know what the number third one the major mega witness that overtook the Roman culture Christians loved one another blew them away why because you don't get that in the world but you should get that in the church now brotherly kindness that's what he says we need to have if we're going to be mature okay and to brotherly kindness what love well why should I do that because if you possess these qualities in what kind of a measure increasing that means you're maturing in them you're growing in them they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you guys woke up today and you said, "But hey, forget the sanctification thing. Forget about the Hagios principle. Forget about being set apart for the purposes of God. Okay. <laughs> I just, I'm going to try. Here's what I'm going to do, Ron. So here's my goal today. I am going to try my best to be the most ineffective and unproductive Christian possible. Whoa! I can't wait to tell Pastor Billy tonight. Okay, now as goofy as that is, obviously I'm using humor to make a point, sarcasm. Can I tell you how that happens? Because we really do do it. And, and again, let, let's get away from the Christian need. let's spell it, spell it out for you, make, let's make it all practical. It's when you don't do these things. We see, you see, when you don't wake up deliberately and say, no, it's not about me, it's about Jesus Christ, for me to live as Christ, it's no longer I who live, it's Christ in me. That's a mature Christian, as Paul states. He says, uh, when you don't add goodness, when you don't work at that, you don't add your knowledge to God, you don't demonstrate self-control, you don't persevere, you're not godly uh, wherever you do, you certainly don't uh, treat each other kind in the church, and you certainly don't love each other. If you do that today, guess what? You just said, hey, met my goal. I'm ineffective and unproductive. Not a good goal. That's not going to get you mature. Because you could ask the question, as I stated earlier, I've met Christians who are one year old, time frame in the Lord, who are more mature than Christians who've been saved for 20 years. How does that happen? Well, somewhere along the line, we forgot. God doesn't just save us to sit around. He wants us to grow up. Well, how do you grow up? I just got to have a perfect attendance. Well, praise God, at least you're here. But that's not growing up. Growing up is your life. And do you look like Him? Do you sound like Him? Do you speak like Him? Are you growing in these things measure by measure? That's what he's talking about. But if anyone does not have them, listen, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that uh, he has been cleansed from his past sins. Are you kidding me? He saved you not to go back into that. He saved you to grow up in him. That's what he's talking about. In verse nine, he speaks of those who are not maturing in this way. For he who lacks these qualities is blind and short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. So what is sanctification or becoming holier all about? (gasps) Well, let's see. Let's see about that what is sanctification the verb sanctify translates the Greek word hagiadzo it's a verb form there yeah hey okay which also means to consecrate right and that's what you do when you focus on something real hard now let's concentrate almost come. this is consecrate it's what that is or to dedicate now hey that let's break that down I'm a consecrated Christian i'm sanctified i'm purified i'm destroying all those christianese things right that's cool that's right all right let's break that down well, h- how do you know you're a consecrated uh, christian what are you dedicated for what's this day been dedicated for what's tomorrow lord willing if we have tomorrow dedicated for what's your life since you got saved been dedicated for we're dedicated to all- what are we dedicated for what are some things that we dedicate that's a wild word yeah this a- oh yeah that's a positive thing okay Let's break it down. Jesus, you guys are throwing out all the right answers. That's great. I was actually looking for wrong answers. It's (laughs) kind of unproductive here. Uh, My illustration. Uh, What do we do? We we dedicate ourselves to what? Ourselves. Right? I mean, think about how much we dedicate every day to just us. Right? You know what I'm saying? Our our jobs. Okay. children. Money. Idols. Materialism. Right? Playing, entertainment, just stuff like that, self, right? How much time do we give to God? And I've shared with you this stat before. If the average person lives 70, uh, 70, 70, no, 75 years, okay, Christian, the stat is this here's how much time we spend praying and worshiping God 0.5%, not even 1%. So that tells me that 99.5, for those of you hooked on correct math, uh, is dedicated to what? Anything, everything but God. It was crazy, it's like six years of our lives is just dedicated towards uh, entertainment. And another six years lives is personal care and stuff like that. So, as you can tell by my hairdo, I spent five hours, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, it's, why, we, we, it's not necessarily sinful, it's just like we, we all want this wonderful goal, hopefully to be holy as he is holy, you got to be dedicated to it otherwise another day goes by another day goes by another and next thing praise god we go to heaven what were we doing down here was it really fruitful was it worth it were we a positive commercial for jesus if we are we need to consecrate or dedicate ourselves is what that word means hagiadso paul ends right sanctification comes from a greek verb meaning to set apart okay to set apart it's used in two ways one the believer is positionally it's your next blank there positionally sanctified or set apart let's translate it And he stands sanctified or set apart before god that's the great news that we saw positionally we're accepted forever right now through the blood of jesus christ his sacrifice on the cross for us so that we stand before the father with jesus right there as our advocate and we're completely accepted he has set us apart that's my son that's my daughter he's set apart okay that's what that's positionally okay number two the believer also grows in progressive sanctification That's what we were talking about. Let me translate that for you, if you will. Maturity, that's the process between the point you got saved until you get to heaven. Is what he's talking about. Progressive sanctification in a daily spiritual experience, okay? And again, the goal is to become that which we really are. As we saw before, a king's kid. He's made us positionally as his children. Now, act like it. In this one short opportunity we have this side of heaven on planet Earth okay according to dr ends we see the scripture uh in the scripture positional sanctification and progressive or sometimes called experiential sanctification there's one more type of sanctification we see in the scripture and that being the ultimate or final sanctification final sanctification okay and this is when our holy position before god and our experience in everyday life meet up and that's going to happen at our death or that's going to happen at the rapture whichever occurs first okay if you will you got god here on the exciting uh uh, artwork here and he's in eternity okay and uh, where there is no time well us we're here on the realm of time man and uh in time and there was a point in time where we were born and there's gonna be a point in time when we die at the somewhere along our lives praise god through the cross of jesus christ we became born again the spirit of god came made us alive in him and then each one of us have a different time frame of how many days we have left until after that point. Okay, and then praise God, phew, we go to be with him forever. And we experience that forever and ever and ever, and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever that which he's made us to be right now. Okay, it's just this little tiny little wisp of vapor as the scripture says of this life that God says, now, now listen, listen, before you get here, I love you, don't, don't misunderstand me, I love you, I perfectly accept you, Gee, my son's done it all for you, praise God. I, I, I just want you to use this little time frame. And oh, by the way, I've given you my spirit to pull it off. I just want you to use this little time for, you do all pity I mean, this is, there's no time there, forever and ever and ever. I just want you to use this to look like me so that when people see you, they see me. I want you to be a commercial for me. Would you do that? That's it. If we love him, we keep his commands, he says. That's all he's asking. It shouldn't be that hard. As far as, um, do we really have to be twisted to do, after all he's done? Now, when he talks about this meeting, uh, look, at, if that's not enough incentive for you, Okay, we, we talked about this before. Uh, our, our final sanctification, when our holy position before God and our experience in everyday life meet, they'll be the same. We will not only be positionally holy, we will live perfectly holy, our lives forever and ever and ever and ever and ever again. Let me just rip off to you once again, if you were to take the description of heaven and just remove sin, think about this is our existence as Christians. This is where we're headed. We only have to put up with a little bit, little bit, little a little, little bit. And then we're headed to what I'm about to describe to you based on, I believe, scripture. Okay, forever your whole existence, um, no one will ever ridicule you or ever make fun of you again. Jesus won that for us. There's never gonna be any more debt. No one's heart will ever be ripped apart by divorce. You'll never have to put your pet to sleep. People will never be rude. You'll never watch another election campaign. Uh, Nobody will ever complain to you or about you. Okay, Uh, in heaven, the only news, if they have a TV channel, it's only good news. It's only good news, always good news, nothing but good news. And heaven, you'll never have a bad thought ever. There's no such thing as depression. You'll never have to ever say these words, sorry, hey are we on hey, hey, hey yeah thanks for that theme song yeah, i got one more left in case that doesn't work anything all right so hey that's right in heaven where we leave off there you'll uh, never have a bad thought ever there's no such thing as depression you'll never have to say sorry or please forgive me there's no more diets in heaven you know what i'm saying praise god you'll have to never have to pay for insurance all your memories will be nothing but wonderful the only tears you have are tears of joy it's gonna be tax-free uh think about that uh your body will always be at peak performance in heaven no one will ever be a victim of child abuse there's not going to be a center for disease control there's no police uh there's no army there's no war you'll never have another unexpected car repair listen there will never ever for the rest of your existence once you make it to this and you get there you'll never have an argument ever with anyone ever ever uh, you won't feel like you got to keep up the joneses you'll never hear this from somebody i don't have enough time for you uh, you'll never have to wonder if people will like you. Everybody does. You'll never have to bury your loved one. Uh, you won't have to eat bran muffins, tofu, or rice cakes. I put that one in there for me, Tom. Uh, in heaven, there's nothing you'll ever stress about. You'll never stress about. You'll never stress. I can't stress that enough. It'll never happen for the rest of your existence. You'll never have any more doctor uh, bills. There won't be any doctors. There's no bullies you got to deal with. You'll never feel like you're not loved. You won't grow old. You won't be pulling up those wrinkles that aren't wrinkles. In your socks or socks or whatever (laughs) you'll always be safe there's no danger you'll never have to look at another needle people won't talk behind your back listen you won't have to earn money to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't know who in then don't even think that's called the american way of life okay there are no corrupt politicians no one is corrupt there's no such thing as a bad relationship you'll never have to feel guilty there are no dentist chairs You'll never have to work at that dead-end job. You won't ever wonder what is life all about. You'll always know and always only do that which is right all the time. You'll never have a sleepless night. They don't make caskets there. People never get robbed. Uh, In heaven, nobody's full of bitterness, only blessedness. Uh, You will not need, let alone ever have to pay for counseling. There's nothing to be afraid of. People will never lie to you. There are no credit cards. Uh, You'll never feel like you're not as good as the rest. There won't be any vaccinations. Nobody's going to ever do without uh, you'll never disco- uh, discover your spouse or a loved one has cheated on you. You'll never fear it failing at something. You'll never have to wait the news of a biopsy test because cancer will be absent. In heaven, everybody will have a place to call home. People won't See. hate each other in heaven. Ever. 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 And all God's asking, this be will be coming. Could you please be a positive commercial for me? Because here's the radical thought. Did you know that God not only wants us here in this room to go to heaven? (laughs) I know it's wild, isn't it? What a concept. I'm blown away by it. There is room for a couple more, I hear. But he wants this to be a positive commercial, right? He wants us to be that. Oh, but that's all. in heaven. There are no uh, uh, bad days. Uh, People aren't going to call you ugly or fat or whatever the name is. Uh, People won't judge you anymore. Uh, You won't have to keep trying different cold medicines. There are no colds. Uh, You won't be afraid of others. You will no longer be a slave to that sin. You'll never be lonely. In heaven, you won't have mood swings. Men, look straight ahead. Don't smile. Don't do nothing because it'll be a long car ride. Uh, like it will be for me tonight, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah you 're not going to have any uh, mood swings uh, you won 't have to wear glasses there 's no credit reports there 's no bad days you 're not going to have to ever figure out how to pay for that medication because you don 't need medicine you 'll never be wrongly accused you'll never have to hur- you 'll never have to hurry. Think about that one for a minute you 'll never have to hurry, ever again, ever just that is amazing, okay. Uh, there's no rehabilitation centers of any kind. You'll never have to go to court. There's no verbal abuse. There's no debates. You'll never have to eat hospital food again. Uh, You won't have to live through another natural disaster. You won't ever have to balance your checkbook. You won't ever get an anxiety attack. There are no thoughts of suicide. You won't feel like something's missing in your life. You won't be afraid of the dark. Uh, Headaches are a thing of the past. In heaven, nobody's ever rejected. In heaven, they don't have funerals. And you won't have to ever bury your loved ones. People won't wonder... If their loved one will make it through a surgery, there are no surgeries. You won't need a watch nor live by one. People will never be selfish. Nothing in heaven will ever be unfair. And it's 100% pain-free, 100% all the time. People won't live in nursing homes. You won't have... We're back on for five minutes, pretty good. You got me, Ken. And let's pray for Randy. Maybe he can actually go get a real battery because that's the last one. All right. Hey, that's right. And that's right. Believe it or not, uh, people won't ever, 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 ever hurt each other. Ever get in heaven. Ever. Isn't it awesome, Mike? No, seriously, think about that. That's what Christ has won for us. That's the positional sanctification. That's what's guaranteed. We are set apart for that existence. Gosh, you mean to me, I've got to refrain from this? You mean to tell me I've got to add to this brotherly kindness and love and self-control? What are you, legalistic? Are you kidding me? What a deal. First of all, the motive is love. Uh, Paul says Christ's love compels us. That's not because I have to. Are you kidding me? It's, can I go now? and you just want me to be a positive commercial for just a little bitty teeny tiny thing in comparison to eternity yeah that's awesome that's what he's won for okay that's what he uh is talking about there positional sanctification all right paul starts off this letter to the corinthians by this way paul to the church of god which is at corinth uh, to those who have been sanctified in christ jesus set apart saints by calling Okay, it's positional, it's secure, with all who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord, and ours. The English words saint, holy, holiness, and sanctify all translate a common Greek root having the idea of purity. Now think about that word for a second, purity, Okay, and uh, i.e. separation from sin. How many of you guys love rotten, horrible-tasting tap water? Isn't that awesome? Right? How many guys have actually used that as a technique for those guests? It's one o'clock in the morning. You got to get to work the next day. You did have good fellowship. But come on, man. It's one in the morning and they're still yakety, yakety, yak. Hey, you want some tap water? <laughs> You've desperately tried techniques. Tried, no, I'm not saying <laughs> But we want our water and we want that thing what? Pure. You don't want that. You know, and that's what Jesus says in the book of Revelation. He says, man, I wish you were either hot or cold because you got the. I mean, if you were hot, nothing like on a, on a winter day and it's kind of chilly out, some hot chocolate or a, a hot cup of coffee in the morning. That's good. That's refreshing. Uh, if you're cold, man, it's hot in the summer and you just got done working there. I want some cold water. But either way, in the winter or in the summer, you get some warm water. And he says, man, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You're neither hot, you're neither cold. It's like, what's going on here? That's not refreshing. Now that's right, if the battery can actually last. I wanted to end on that analogy again about purity. And this is what Jesus wants us to live our lives. This is how we're being a positive commercial. And this is how we can mess it up every single day. Let's give it up for a volunteer who doesn't know he's a volunteer, but I'm looking at him right now. Roberto, come on down, buddy. Yay. Yay. That's right, your fan base. Yes, come on up here for your big worldwide debut. And that's right, this is like The Price is Right. It's a nice game. Is this here? Let's bring it up here a little bit. There, if you would. All right, we we'll do a little purity demonstration here. If you guys can see this. Now, here's the. We're a vessel. We're set apart for Jesus Christ. You got a couple options. Okay, I'm going to share with you positive option number one. Then we're going to look at negative option number two. Positive option uh, is this. This is Roberto on a good day. This was yesterday or today? Which day you would you like? Sunday praises. Good answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, that's good Christianese. That's right. And uh, on a Sunday, he did the right thing. He said he uh, was filling in his vessel. He was reading the word of God. That's a good thing. That's a pure, good, holy action. That will help you grow and mature to be holy as God is holy. And then he decided, well, I, I, I should pray. That's a good thing. And, and then, you know what? I need to witness to somebody. So he's filling that up there with that. And, and his behavior is godly. He's, he's growing in maturity. And so he's adding there. And, and you guys can see that. And, and Jesus picks up the cup of Roberto that day. And he goes, whoa, look at that. That's refreshing. Right? You like, you like that one? Yeah. You know, watch Brady Bunch. You might get that one. Okay. But anyway. But then he started out pretty good. The, the, when was this? Yesterday or today? Yeah. Really? Oh, boy. Pray for Roberto. Okay, he starts out pretty good there. You know, he started out a good morning. Because that's usually what we do. We start out hopefully halfway good. We hopefully have our devotion with the Lord. And something tr- weird happens as soon as we go out of the house. Maybe. Sometimes we don't get out of the house. And then, but that day he decided to use in his vessel he decided to fill it up with this this is called chocolate syrup slander (laughs) Do you guys see that look at that that looks it just sank right to the bottom okay that that wasn't too cool and and then the day went on and instead of being that positive commercial he got some chunky blue cheese dishonesty he told a couple fibs as you can see there look at that that looks like an amoeba dude you had a rough day didn't you And then what he decided to do, and and see, notice he wasn't doing the right stuff. He wasn't praying, he wasn't reading his Bible, he wasn't witnessing, he wasn't living a godly life. But see, we're sanctified, we're set apart for something. And so then he kept on going today, and he decided, well, you know what, nothing, everybody does it. You know, I know I'm a Christian, but a little bit of immature, you know, immorality and stuff like that. And got that in there, and that's looking... Dude, that looks like worms, doesn't it? You can yeah. see that. That's awesome. And then, you know what? Just before he got home, or actually when he got home, and man, he was having a bad day. And he got home, instead of having a great time with the family, he just uh, had some grape jelly division. You know what I'm saying? And just just caused a ruckus. And it wasn't being a peacemaker, as the people said. Okay. Now, Roberto, come on over here with your blood, please. And Roberto's going to go ahead and drink this. Dude, no. no I can't. Uh, I can't. Give it up for Roberto, because he was actually going to try. Yeah. All right. Now, you guys, after the study, have to quickly come up here and look at this. But can I tell you, visually, see, God sees what we can't see. Man looks on the outward, God looks at the heart. And today, and every day as a Christian, just that little bit of time frame, is this how we look to Jesus? Gosh, I saved you for this. I gave you heaven, I gave you the spirit to do it. I want you to be holy as I am holy. But every single day, what are you setting yourself apart for? Is it causing division? Is it using your mouth for slander and for gossip? Is it just ingesting immorality? What are you doing? Because you don't see it, but God does. And inside your vessel, your life, that day, this is how refreshing we are as Jesus. Now, Alexis, that's individually, corporately. This is how we could look as a church. When people come and God sees it all, and we have to love each other, We have to love each other and pray for each other and be kind to each other and demonstrate self-control and patience because sometimes, I know this is a shocker, we kind of get on each other's nerves. But we still do it anyway after all what Jesus has done. We need to be this vessel. Can I tell you something? That's maturity. You could save, I've been a Christian for 20 years and if your insides look like this, not finite. And do we really think we're fooling God? Or you could be a Christian for one year, and you're putting a smile on the face of Jesus Christ. Let's be the church who gives this cup to Jesus. And can I tell you something? This cup to the world. Because the world will respond to this one, not that one. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi. This is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today, that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things with you. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the Bible also says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness is death. In other words, when we die, and it's coming for each one of us, we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, but it's gonna happen. The Bible says, therefore, since the wages of our sin is death, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and not to heaven. And that's bad enough, but to make matters worse, we don't want to admit this. God already knows. He knows uh, all of our behavior, everything, our thoughts, what we've done, what even we're going to do. He knows it all. He's gone. Even though he already knows this, we don't want to admit this. And so out of love and mercy, God gave us something called his law or the Ten Commandments, It's kind of like his x-ray into our heart to show us what he already knows, that he is holy and that we are not. And it's this unholiness or sin that separates us from him. Let's take a look at God's x-ray, if you will, his divine law, to show us what he already knows. The Ten Commandments, uh, the ninth one, says this, you shall not bear false witness. Okay, that's called lying. Okay? Okay. And if you've ever told a lie once, which we all have, myself included, the Bible says that makes you a liar. Okay. The the another commandment says you shall not steal. Okay. Uh, and you might think, well, that's something that everybody does. Well, it doesn't make it right, and it demonstrates what God is trying to show us that uh, we all have sin, and it's separating us from Him. Even if you took a pencil in the third grade from somebody, if you did it without permission. That's stealing. And so now you've become a thief. The Bible says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And how interesting it is and unfortunate that the only name under heaven by which men might be saved, the name Jesus Christ, has now become a common cuss word. The Bible says that God is so holy that even his name is holy. If you've taken the Lord's name in vain and used it as a cuss word or even flippantly, the Bible calls that the sin of blasphemy. And so now you become a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus says if you even look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. And finally, the Bible says uh, you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? Well, again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred is the same as the sin of murder. The only difference is you pulled the trigger, if you will, In your heart, you wish they were dead. And in God's eyes, it's the same thing in principle. Folks, that's only just a couple of the Ten Commandments. We didn't even go through all of them. But I think you're starting to get the picture. The Bible is correct. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, myself included. And that we are separated from God as a result. And so when our time comes, we're not automatically going to heaven. We are headed for judgment. We are headed for hell. Now let me tell you the good news. The good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. It was the death penalty of its day. He paid in full uh, the price for our sins to be forgiven. Let me give you an analogy. For instance, even today, we could see that a person could commit a crime uh, they, they cannot reverse it. The, the sentence has been passed. The judge has uh, slammed his gavel and they are ushered off into their jail cell. And in this particular crime, they are going to receive the death penalty. And so they're behind bars just waiting for the time, waiting for the call for them to go and uh, receive the death penalty. But believe it or not, as we know, there is a way that a person can get off a death row. And that is if the one in authority, the governor,